What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and with me back this week, my man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is up? Ah, glad to have you back. Missed you last week, man. It just wasn't the same. So I'm glad to be back. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're back. So we got a ton of stuff to cover. Obviously, a couple weeks of NASCAR racing in the book since we last spoke. We've also got our dirt track recap, had a bunch of stuff happening with that, with the BC39, which was incredible. And also we had high limit racing, the National Open with the Outlaws, the Tuscarora 50. So bunch of stuff to get to. And uh, yeah, we got a nice ask three wide question from Tim that we'll get to today also to wrap up the show and uh, give us a chance to recap a little bit more of my trip to Eldora. But before we get into all of that, I got to cover something in today's open. And it's one of those things where I, it just shows you, I don't know, to me, maybe I'm being the, you know, old man, get off my lawn. Uh, but it just shows you the society that we live in today where I, it's just like people have got to, bitch about something i just don't get it and coming from you people all right in pennsylvania you guys don't claim to be the you know the hub of local 410 sprint car racing taking on all comers we're the badass pa posse and then bitch when people show up to the tuscarora 50 okay that is maddening to me Well, the Tuscarora 50, if you guys remember, got rained out, all right? It got moved, it got postponed, and with that, it presented a really unique opportunity because of the fact that the Outlaws have got the Nittany Showdown tonight and tomorrow night. So, running the Tuscarora 50 leading up to this weekend, it gave Outlaw drivers the opportunity to use their final freebie if you will if you remember the outlaws with the high limit schedule and all the stuff that was going on they created that system right where you had essentially four races you could do four races that were not outlaw shows and if you did that you got to keep the whole basically we'll call it the benefits package with the outlaw tour now we had the tuscarora 50 which happened last night and then we also had this previous week before we had the race in Lernerville, right? The 50,000 to win high limit show. So we saw a handful of drivers run that where you had obviously Kyle Larson's on an outlaw, but Brad Sweet ran that being owner of the high limit. You would expect that, but you had David Gravel, right? You had a couple of drivers who decided to run Lernerville. And then you had drivers deciding to run the Tuscarora 50 where you saw, you know, Donnie shots, Carson Macedo, drivers like that running the Tuscarora 50. And you had people who were literally in an uproar that drivers were going to be running this race and that it was unfair to those who had shown up to the original that you were going to now allow these drivers to run the final night, even though it had been postponed. And to me, this is kind of a slap in the face of dirt racing. And what I mean, and, and what not just dirt racing, but the whole special event dirt racing, right? As much as we've seen these 
you know, especially over the last year with stuff like High Limit, okay, or the Eldora Million, right? All these big time events that we've had added to the racing schedule as a whole, whether it be the All Stars, High Limit, World of Outlaws, whatever. To me, it's a great thing to see. And when we start looking at it from the lens of, well, these drivers shouldn't be allowed to come because it's taking from the local guys, that is the most just ridiculous mindset that you could possibly have. You are the same people who bitch and complain that Kyle Larson runs dirt, who says Kyle Larson comes down and runs against lower competition. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Kyle Larson does not step down and run against lower competition. He runs against the best dirt drivers in the world. Just because he runs NASCAR does not make him a better dirt driver. Like he's on some island by himself and he steps down in talent. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go run against the noobs and the mopes tonight and just clean up and take money. That's not what he's doing. And for those of you who believe that, you're morons. Just like if you were going to sit there and talk about how you are the greatest freaking, you know, uh, local track 410 sprint car scene in the country, you better be ready to take on all comers. And when all comers show up, you better shut your mouth and not bitch and complain that they are. Okay. This is not Kyle Larson showing up at a spec sprint race, right? At Marysville Raceway Park on a Thursday. Okay. It's the in Tuscarora 50 is $62,000 to win. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think these outlaw drivers were going to be like, man, you know, I've got this one race that I can still run and maintain my outlaw benefits package. And it happens to be the night before the weekend that we're there. But no, I don't want to do that because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to take money from the locals. No, that's not the way that it works. And if the locals want to run with the big boys, then you better be ready to put up or shut up. Don't bitch that they're coming to your track and they're taking your money. It's the I, I cannot believe that I that this was actually a topic of conversation. Not only that, after the race, it was nothing but more bitching and complaining. Why did you guys pack the track this way? Why did you guys do this? Why did you do this? Why Brian Brown got the win. Blackjack got the win. Well, you know, his restarts are crap. He's cheating on every restart. Why was this guy allowed to do this? How come this guy did this? How come he made this move? How come he got away with this? It's nothing but complaining. And it's literally one of those things where you just sit back as an observer and you're like, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why in the world that we live in where you end up seeing stuff where people are just like, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of done with this. I don't want to deal with this shit no more. Now, obviously, that's never gonna, that's not going to happen at Port Royal Speedway, right? Where they're just, Port Royal's like, yeah, I'm done. I, I don't want to deal with this crap no more. But it does lend itself to that mentality because when people put on stuff like this, right? Whether it's a special event or put up money, right? Or try to do something cool and then all you end up with is a bunch of whining, crying, bitching, and complaining. Eventually, you end up at a tipping point where you're like, dude, this is not worth the headache. It's just not. And I can promise you, all you, you know, diehards out there in Pennsylvania, right? Flying the flag of the posse and then bitching because you've got the all comers showing up to challenge you. You continue to do that, eventually they're just going to say F it and stop showing up. 
And then all you're going to have is a bunch of locals and no one's going to give a damn what happens on your tracks. All right, Keith, it's time for hit or miss. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. I just had to get that off my chest. I couldn't believe that, man. Did you see that crap? It's so stupid, man. It's dumb. I hate it. I didn't, I, I don't like it. If it happens where I'm at, I just, I don't like it to me. That's one of the, that's what makes dirt racing. Unenjoyable. Well, no, I mean, I mean, not when, when complaining. Bitch. Yes, yes, but that, yes. but the, when you look at it from the other end, that's what makes dirt racing so cool. The fact that you can show up to an event and anybody can run, right? As long as you, as long as you pay the entry fee, as long as you, you know, meet the requirements, you can run. And to me, that's incredible. I think that's amazing for the sport because you don't see that in NASCAR, right? It's not like you're going to go to a, a, you know, a local NASCAR show on the West Coast and be like, dude, man, today, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson are racing right now. We see stuff like that with the cars tour and everything where these guys are crossing over. And that's incredible. That's awesome. I think that's amazing. But we've been watching this in dirt racing for years, right? That's always the that was always the, the coolest thing about it was when the outlaws come to town. Yeah, right. When outlaws or USAC or you know, the Lucas oil, uh, late model series, right. The all-stars, whatever it is, when they're coming to town, the local boys get to take them on and that's cool. So to me, about it, it sucks. It makes all Pennsylvania look bad. I know. And it shouldn't, because I know it's not all Pennsylvania. Who's like, Oh, and it shouldn't. Yeah. It's, but it's like out here in California, right? Southern California makes the whole state look bad. At least in my opinion, and uh, that's because I'm from the north. But <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, people from Southern California aren't listening to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> That'll probably come out and bite me in the ass in five or so years. That'll get pulled on someone. Someone will be pulling that and putting it up as a tweet. Oh my god! All right. Anyways, let's get into hit or miss. We've got uh, four topics to cover today, and uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff to get to. And we're going to kick it off with the new schedule. So the changes NASCAR made for the 2024 schedule were a home run. Hit or miss the mark? Um, I'm going to say it hits the mark. Uh, we don't have a dirt race anymore, which I think is great. Um, I, I think it's good. I mean, they're going to they're going to go to Iowa for the first time with the Cup Series. I think that's amazing. Um, yep. Whether it's a good race or not. <clears throat> Excuse me. We will see. Um, I, I I think it's a good schedule. Um, there's a couple things that I could tweak that I would want to tweak that I would want to see different. But I'm not the schedule maker. I'm not in NASCAR to, to really give an opinion like that. But I will say the schedule's pretty good. Um, there there's a couple races in there that I wanted to see that didn't happen, like the race in Canada. Yeah, it sucks that they aren't able to go there. Um, Auto Club Speedway, which we all know why. To me, mm-hmm. Auto Club put on one of the best races this year, or even in the next gen era. Mm-hmm. But I mean, outside of that, yeah, I, th- I think the schedule's pretty good. What do you think about it? I I think it hits the mark. I like it. There are there's a couple of things that I wish um they would change. I mean, I'm not going to. One thing I always tell my my kids is 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 you know don't don't sacrifice really good for the pursuit of perfection, right? Um, you know, and I think the NASCAR schedule 
in 2024 is way better than what we had this year. Yes, I we talked about all the club. I wish it was still on the schedule. It's not. We knew that going into this season. So, you know, I I get it. Um, I do like what they've done. Uh, you know, I wish if we're going to Atlanta right after they did the Daytona 500, what I wish they would do is I wish they would make that a regular package race instead of running the low horsepower high downforce like they do at a daytona or talladega i wish they would make that a high horsepower low downforce race you know change it up make it you got two races at atlanta make one of them the drafting type race right the pack racing make the other like any of the other mile and a halfs we go to i think that would be really really cool if they did something like that you know um, I, I like the fact that Bristol has got two regular races. We're not doing the dirt crap anymore, which is really, really good. I also like the fact that they've got different tracks in the playoffs. I like the fact that they've got Watkins Glen. Um, I do wish, I wish they would have gotten rid of the damn Roval race, though, man. I yep. freaking hate the Charlotte <laughs> Roval. That's my biggest and- complaint about it. And, and and I think we both have the same opinion and the same outlook on that is the Coke 600 is probably one of the better races with an X-Gen car on the Charlotte Oval. Yeah. The Charlotte Roval just freaking stinks. And yep. I think that's just because this car stinks in road course racing in general, less of the track's wet, then it's a little bit of exciting. But yeah, I agree. Yep. So overall, I like it. I do think it is definitely better. The- uh <clears throat> the only the only thing that really aggravates me with the schedule is you're gonna go to Daytona pack racing to turn around and go to Atlanta Day- Daytona type yeah. pack racing. I mean, I wish we could have put like something in between Daytona and Atlanta. Yeah, that'd now, be the only I, thing I'd move. I do understand it from a logistics point of view, right? Where yeah, obviously I mean, Georgia is way closer to, closer to. Daytona, right? To to go from Daytona to Atlanta is way easier than going from Daytona all the way to California like they did before, especially when you consider that they just came from California for the the clash. So I do understand it logistically, but I'm with you. I, I the the type of racing, I wish they could break that up. Um, you know, because it's just I think yeah, I just uh, the after, pack racing after, stuff. Um, yeah, terrible. Uh, yeah. I think the only thing that I would change, and this would just be a logistics thing, is I would swap Circuit of Americas and Bristol that weekend. I mean, you're already on the West Coast going to Vegas, Phoenix, mm-hmm. then you're going to go to Bristol, and then you're going to go to Texas. Yeah, I just think it makes more sense to go to Texas than Bristol. Yeah, that's just me. Yep. Now, what do you think of the Southern 500 being the last race of the regular season? Um, I like it better than Indianapolis. Um, I, I think it makes the Darlington race a little more, a little bit more special and it gets with, with the Brickyard 400 coming back on the oval, mm-hmm. you kind of don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. So I, I like that they moved those two because with Darlington, you know what you're going to get with the next gen cars, Indianapolis, yeah. you don't not with the oval. Yeah. Um, and it and it brings it back to that old fashioned Southern five hundred feel because it's back on that what is it, Labor Day weekend? Um 
September 1st. Yeah, I think that is Labor Day weekend next year. I'd have to look at my calendar. Yeah. Yeah, because so. I think Labor Day is on Monday. So Yeah. I like it. I think it I think it'll be great. Um I think it'll make Darlington I think it'll make that race better just because of it being a cutoff race. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the final race of the regular season now. And before and, the and, before the round of 16 starts. And I'm going to throw some bias. It's on my birthday. So there you go. That's a good race. (laughs) That's a good race to have. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, my two biggest gripes. And like I said, I'm still really happy with the new schedule. My two biggest gripes are, I wish they would have got rid of the damn Roval. I hate that Roval, especially if you're going to have Watkins Glen be in in the first round of the playoffs, get rid of the freaking Roval. It, the the race sucks. And I wish that they would swap homestead and phoenix i wish homestead would go back to being the championship race i completely agree yeah completely agree i i don't like phoenix as the championship race it kind of sucks but overall it's to me it's it's definitely better and you know hopefully they can improve on it more so all right next up after winning at talladega ryan blaney has proved himself a legit contender to make the final four at phoenix hit or miss the mark um i'm gonna go with miss the mark ryan blaney's been too inconsistent for me now that's not saying that he can't make it because i'm I'm sure he can Mm -hmm. i just don't think he will i mean if you take out race win away from talladega what exactly has he done this year other than be very inconsistent um between him and joey logano i mean everybody well let's just throw in every ford but Chris Buescher and Brad Keselowski. I mean, they've all been very hit or miss. Uh, very yeah, RFK has definitely been the banner carriers for the Fords this year. Yeah. And, and then you throw in Ryan Blaney's win. And then if you take Ryan Blaney's win, I'd, I'd have to say Busher, Keselowski, and Harvick has carried the banner for all of Ford. Yep. Which is crazy to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't, I don't. Unless if he has a really good round, um, he's just been too con- too inconsistent for me to to say that. Yeah, um, I I'm gonna say it hits the mark just because I did pick. I think I picked him to be in my final four, so I'm just trying to stay with that. Um, I I would like to see him make the final four. I still think that Hamlin and Larson are the two guys to beat for the championship um i know larson blew it at texas but the guy when they're on i don't i just those two guys have i know byron's got the most wins this year but byron is has been somebody who just kind of seems like he puts himself in the right opportunity right position to take advantage of opportunities which there is nothing i am not saying there's anything wrong with that that is absolutely smart that's how you end up with six wins but i just mean in terms of just pure speed or having dominant cars to me it's been hamlin and Larson, like those two guys, when their cars are on, they're on. Now they haven't closed the deal as much, but I think those seem to be the the, the ones to be. I do think Blaney has a shot at making the four. Um, I think this definitely helps him. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with the what happens in the round of eight because, uh, you know, you've got Vegas, you've got Homestead, then you've got Martinsville, so. I think he can do it. Um, you know, Willie, obviously, that remains to be seen. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, 
Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch find themselves below the cut line heading into this weekend's race at the Roval, and both of them will be eliminated from the playoffs this week. Hit or miss the mark? Um, I think it hits the mark. Uh, they, they both have had speed, but they've both have been equally struggling it's yes. almost like they both say, hey, let's show some speed here in practice, but let's struggle mm-hmm. in the race. And it's crazy to see because at one point in time, you looked at Ross Chastain as a championship favorite. And then Kyle Busch yep. showed his old Kyle Busch ways. And now it's like, what are we going to get? Are we going to get the Kyle Busch of old? Or are we going to get the inconsistent, can't hardly run in the top 10 Kyle Busch? Um, which I think is a... I think it boils down to the car. These next-gen cars are just different, and if you struggle, you're struggling big time. I mean, look at Kevin Harvick of Bristol. Who would have thought that we'd seen the four-car go to probably one of their best tracks and just completely shit the bed, and they did. Um, I don't think Ross or Kyle makes it out of this round, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I, I mean, Ross is 10 points below the cut line. Kyle is 26 points below the cut line. He is actually... 12th out of 12 cars and that eight car hasn't been good on road courses either. no he hasn't and to me if there's a driver that is below the cut line that has a chance to make it to the next round out of the four drivers below the cut line right now to me it's tyler reddick um, yes bubba wallace you know he's gotten better at road courses but that's not his thing really yet now if this if this race was at Vegas or Homestead, then I would, I would be, you know, Bubba Wallace would have a much better chance, but because it's at the Roval to me, Tyler Reddick, you know, out of the drivers below the cut line, he's got the best shot to, to make it because he is somebody who can 100% go out and just win the race. He's that good on the road courses. So, you know, I, I, I think it's really, to me, you've got five drivers battling for one spot. Um, Keselowski is only two points above the the bubble. Larson's fifteen, which obviously that he can still end up missing it, but it would kind of he would need to have a catas like a catastrophe, right? A blow up, something something huge for him to lose that many. And points. it would have to happen early, yeah, very early, very early. So you know, I think Reddick Bubba does have a shot. He's only nine below the cutoff line, um, you know, and then Keselowski two above it. I think it's and- really battled between those three in terms of points, unless one of the, one of those other ones wins. And and if I had to pick one between those three, I, I got to go with Brad Keselowski. Look at the points racing. They did at Indianapolis to, to jump yep, the field. That is true. I, I mean, I wouldn't count the six out. No, at all. <laughs> he is a, he is a former champion. The guy can drive dude. And he's a good road course racer. Yes, he is. He is. So yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. You know, they, they're going to be tough to deal with this week. So I Sunday's mean, that's going to be interesting just to is. see the bottom four. Yes. Well, that's the only reason I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be honest with you. I freaking hate the Roval. I've been very vocal about that all year long. I've, I've been vocal about it just in the last 30 minutes. I cannot stand that track. I think it sucks. And, um, you know, to me, the only reason I'm going to even pay attention this weekend is because of the points, because of the bubble. So, that's the only thing it's got going for it. 
All right, moving on to the Xfinity series. Haley Deegan is making the right decision moving to the Xfinity series with AM Racing in 2024. Hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark a thousand times over and over and over and over again. I think that's the best thing that she could do is get the freak away from them trucks. Um, The way I look at the truck series, it's a freaking mockery. Um, It's a joke. All you have is a bunch of young kids running each other over and seeing who can wreck each other the quickest, the fastest. Um, I think that is the best thing that she could do is get herself out of the truck series. Now, I've seen people slamming her all day and all week since this announcement has happened, whether it be former racers, current truck racers, um, and and fans. Um, Now, look, let's go back to her only Xfinity start. Yeah, she did pretty well. Yeah, she did very well, better than what most people probably would have thought. I think this is the best thing that she could do. I'm with you. I do too. Um, I personally think that it's a smart move on her part. Um, get away from the trucks. You're right. The truck series has become a complete and utter just bluster cluck. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I remember. It was funny because I was I was thinking about this as I was writing up as I was doing show prep today. I remember the truck series when it was when it was new, when it first came out, right? Not the first two years, the first three years, but I mean after, you know, the first couple of years it had been out. And I remember the drivers that were in the truck series, right? When you had Skinners and Hornadays and Bodines and all that stuff like that. And it was you had real legit drivers and you had real nascar rate like it was incredible racing it was exciting it was exciting and they were you know mostly the truck series was a short track series it wasn't what we see now where they're on these big mile and a half tracks basically just running wide open you know and it was really really cool racing it was different and it was cool and you had these awesome drivers in it and they raced hard, but they raced respectful. Now, like you said, you got it's like a bunch of kids, man. And I'm fine with with young people coming up. I am, but most of them are idiots. They run over each other. They have no respect when they wreck into somebody. They they point the finger, and it's somebody else's fault, right? It, it's it's always just it's so stupid. So I'm with you. She needs to get out of it. Get to the Xfinity series. Get away from the trucks. Um, I do think she can drive. I know there's people out there who talk about, oh, well, it's just because she's a girl or it's because her dad's got money or because, man, at the end of the day, she can drive. She does have talent. She has made it this far. You know what I mean? She's only 22 years old. And to me, I think, you know, looking at her, I think it's a smart move, right? When you look at her, uh, her career and, and where she wants, she obviously she wants to go to the cup series and she, you got to get out of the trucks. If you want to go to the cup series, you just do. So I like it. I think it's smart and, um, I think it's awesome for her. And I hope, I hope she and, gets up there and, and can compete. And I'm going to be completely honest. If she was terrible for for performance would have dumped her a long time ago. Yes. There's a reason why they haven't. They see something in her. Yes. She does have talent. Yes. But we all have to sit back and look at what is what what is she racing? Yep. What series is she in? Mm-hmm. It is the Demolition Derby of NASCAR. Yep. It is. It's the clown show. So 
Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for hit or miss. And when we get back from the break, we're going to be doing our NASCAR pick them and the dirt track recap, which is going to be a lot of fun because we've had some great racing over the last week, including the revival of RMS. So stick around. All right, everybody. So it is time for our NASCAR pick them. So if you remember last week, it was just me flying solo. Keith was busy, so we did not make any picks for Talladega. Um, we did have our picks from, or excuse me, for uh, Texas. We didn't make picks for Texas because I was gone. And uh, we didn't make any picks for Talladega last week because Keith was, there, was, was gone. So before that, we had our picks from Bristol. Now, I had picked Kevin Harvick. Keith had picked Busher. Obviously, Busher did way better than Harvick. We talked about Harvick shitting the bed. And so, Keith, you won that week. So now we've got this week's race at the Roval. So who are you picking for this week's race at the Roval? Oh, man. Um, give me Seabell. That's a good pick. Is that who you were going to pick? <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, I, it's not. I'm actually going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick Chase Elliott. Even though he's not in the playoffs, I think I think if Elliott's going to win a race, this is it. He's going to get a win I this agree. year. This is it. Um, he does Man. really good at the Roval. Uh, he's he's a really good road racer, and I do think he's he's got something to prove, right? Like they don't want to end this season with no victories. They, they want to get in victory lane. And I don't and think they will. I'm not sure if they will either, but I do think they've got a good chance this week. If there is a week. No, no, I mean, it, and I don't, week. I don't think they'll end the season without a win. I think they'll oh, definitely win before yeah, the season. I do too. I think their, their focus is let's, let's end the season on a high note, get ready for, for 2024. And so, I, yeah, I feel the same way with Kevin Harvick. I think he's going to get a win eventually before the end of the season. I hope so. I'd like to see him get a win his last season in the Cup Series. He's going to win at Homestead. That would be cool. I would like to see that. That would be cool. So that's our picks. Um, you know, obviously in the the points for the season, Keith is crushing me. Um, it's just all we're doing is <laughs> is delaying the inevitable. I will be I will be ponying up the iRacing credits at the end of the NASCAR season to keep. So, uh, all right, time for our dirt track recap. So we had a bunch of racing this last week, which was uh, really really good. Uh, a couple nights ago at uh, Bridgeport, Rico Abreu got the win in the High Limit Series over Kyle Larson. This was actually a pretty good race. Buddy Kofoid was going for the win there and got into. Uh, a lapper um, the nerd assassin missed his mark unfortunately he big was, time yeah he was really the only one i thought that had anything for rico i know kyle larson challenged him a little bit but rico seemed to be the class of the field so uh, except for kofoid last night i since we're on this rico kyle conversation mm -hmm. i stumbled upon a video that was talking about Kyle Larson and Rico Abreu. Do you think Kyle Larson let Rico win? Honest opinion. No, I don't. I after don't. watching after watching the video, I'll watch and I'll have to send it to you later. I think he did. Really? Yeah, I really think he did. I think he let Rico win to make up for 
what happened, what was it, months ago when Rico was screwed out of a heat race or feature because of a yellow that shouldn't have been called but was called. I can't remember what high limit race it was. But, so go back, fast forward, or rewind to the Ironman 55 when him and Logan Schuhart was racing for the win. And we seen Kyle come out of nowhere and throw a huge slider to win the race. Yeah. Um, him and Schuhart damn near made contact. He never tried anything like that on Rico when he could have. I really think he could have. I, you know, man, it's so it opened hard the door for me to and say. it opened the conversation, and I didn't believe it. And then I watched the video twice and was like, that is interesting because Kyle never really tried. He got to Rico, but he really didn't try. Not not like Kyle wouldn't try. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Because they're both racing for a championship. I know. I To me, though, it just, I, I don't know, man. That's so hard. The video. It's so hard. Like, we all know how great Kyle Larson is, right? He is incredible. And for all of his gifts and talents, for him to be able to push it, maintain second, not challenge for the lead intentionally whilst trying to hold on to second and not get... I, that's such a hard thing to do. And I could see where you say, well, he didn't, he didn't try to pass or he didn't do this. But maybe he was just points racing. Maybe he was just like, hey, man, this is going to, I can win this championship. You know, what's, what would be greater than the owner of High Limit winning the inaugural year of High Limit? And it's Kyle Larson. And, you know, he's in second. Why risk so, throwing it away for a win? So I sent you the video. Okay. I want you to watch it a couple times. And then next week, we'll talk about it. Okay. Because I, I watched it two or three times. And I was like, that is very, very interesting. Because at the Ironman 55, he completely sent it. I mean, threw, threw the, the balls out of the cage and just sent it. Yeah. And then we've seen him kind of, I'm going to say, in a way, kind of lay over to Rico. And then really didn't even challenge him when everybody, well, not everybody, where I really thought Kyle was going to, let it all hang out and truly race Rico for the win. And he did not. Yeah. I, I have a hard time. I, I don't know, man. I'll have to watch the video to me. My, my skepticism antenna starts going off just because when it comes to the internet and look, I make my living on the internet. Now okay? I'm the not internet is a say that he really did let him win, but it's, yes. it was just interesting to it, watch. It. I, I, I just, for me, Right. I mean, there are people out there who you can watch their videos and they can make a compelling case that like, you know, the world is flat. You know what I mean? Like, like you can do that on the Internet. You can have people who have a they can they can look at things. They can present stuff in a way that looks like evidence, right? Like legitimate evidence, even p possibly proof of their theory, Um, you know, and and so. I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I just, I don't know. I'm going to have to watch the video because, yeah, I just don't see that happening. To me, that is so hard to do, yeah. especially when you were <laughs> that kind of competitor. You know what I mean? And, you know, to me, like, I, like my opinion was watching the race, what I saw was is both of them were fast. Larson just didn't look like he was getting the run that he needed. And I think now, I think now with these wing cars, I don't think 
even 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 as much as we damn spammers calling my phone during my podcast assholes um even as much as we know about it now i don't think we put enough emphasis on just how big a deal like dirty air is or how bad you can kill a run you know because of it i oh i i agree you but... know so i i i'll have to watch the video and see man we'll talk about it next week yeah because that when i when i've seen my, it that's, got like, my, that's uh, interesting <laughs> yeah that's got my spidey senses going so i'm gonna have to check it out so anyways Rico got the win at Bridgeport. He's got the gap close to 15 points on Larson. Now, if you look at the way the points are in high limit, essentially for Rico to win the championship, Larson's going to have to have a catastrophic night, like miss the feature type of night. Um, It comes out to being like, I want to say it's like 10 positions if Rico wins the race, he would need to be like Larson would need to finish like 11th or something like that to lose the championship. So it looks like Larson's going to get the high limit championship as long as he can take care of business um, at the final race. Uh, late model side of things. Ricky Thornton Jr. Got the win at the Pittsburgher. Um, basically the Lucas oil late model series. The final four is all set for the championship at Eldora, which is in uh two or three weeks weeks. yeah it's in two or three weeks so that's going to be interesting i'm looking forward to that just because we don't have anything like that in dirt racing right where we've got the whole final four thing and all this stuff so that's going to be interesting the way that that closes out i'm kind of excited to see that end yeah i am too to see how it ends yeah i am too so um you know that's going to be uh different and um i'm hoping it puts on a good show now it's going to be you're talking about the finals, the world championship at Eldora. I don't know how it wouldn't be awesome because it's Eldora, just any race at Eldora. I mean, I'd watch lawnmowers race at Eldora. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that, but we got a couple weeks for that. So we'll we'll dive into that later. Uh National Open, Brent Marks, PA Posse Hero, saved the day for him, got the win. Uh freaking Darren Pittman was so close, man. I was so hoping Pittman was gonna win. Uh, God dang, he looked good the first half of that race. But Brent Marks, dude, that guy, when it's showtime, he's on, man. He is just on. I'm really surprised that Marks, I'm shocked that he is not running a tour full time. I really am. I don't know. I, 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 I'm just shocked by it. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of those guys, they've got their jobs or their businesses and they run and they do all this stuff and, and they stay in that, that PA area. But, he is one of those guys that I think could do well on the outlaw tour. He doesn't just run well in Pennsylvania. The dude can drive anywhere. He's really freaking good. I agree. Whether it be the outlaw schedule or mm-hmm. the all-star circuit. Yeah. Champions. Yep. I'm just surprised he's not doing one full time. So, you know, maybe, maybe he, and he will one day. I don't know, but he got the win in the national open, Uh, big, big, big payday for that. Um, and also the final crown jewel of the year. Uh, Brad Sweet ended up getting the win in the prelim feature, which was after the national open feature because it got postponed from the night before. Um, Sweet has now really opened up the lead on gravel for the championship. It's looking like Sweet's going to get his fifth in a row. Macedo is now more than 100 points back. So gravel, he's going to do anything. It's got to happen now. Yeah. 
and uh brad sweet man he's just he is just I'm, on i'm gonna go ahead and crown him the champion yeah about it <laughs> there's yeah, i don't I, think yeah, he's so consistent, man. And the year that yeah. he is having this year compared to last year, and last year he won the championship. So, yeah, he's it, it's been incredible, man, watching him. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's going to get five in a row this year, and he'll be looking for six in a row next year. So, now, speaking of the Outlaws and the Posse, we do have the final battle of the year between the two. Uh, tonight kicks off the Nittany Showdown. Uh, last night was, as I talked about in the open, the Tuscarora 50. Uh, Blackjack Brian Brown got the win. Um, it was a pretty good race, man. There was a, there was a pretty na- the the cushion was pretty hairy in one and two. There was a nasty dip there. We saw one car bike and flip over. Um, Kyle Larson kind of came out of nowhere there towards the end and uh, was pushing pushing for the win, but. Uh, Brian Brown, I don't think anybody had anything for him. Chase Randall led a lot of the race, which was cool to see considering he's only like 18 years old. Uh, but yeah, Brian Brown was, he was on another level, uh, got the win and scored a big time payday. And finally wrapping up our dirt track recap, RMS sweeps the BC 39. This was Probably one of my favorite dirt moments of the year to see Timez and Grant finally get wins. Um, then Justin Grant winning night two. And it was literally a battle between those two for the win. It was just awesome. Those guys were on another level. They showed us what we've been waiting to see all year long. Um, obviously, we know the struggles that Timez has had this year because of the Angler Ford motor um they're thinking they finally got that figured out you know he was showing glimpses at eldora it was funny because at eldora meserol was looking pretty good grant looked like he was out to lunch i was shocked at how bad he ran especially night number one like he was like in 22nd or 20 like it was just not good now he ended up you know doing better but yeah it was uh it's been a really tough year for those guys. And, you know, this was something that I don't think people realize. And I've referenced this before. When you talk about a new motor program, right? Like Meserol doing this Engler Ford. It's not just power. It's not just torque and horsepower, right? Or how fast this thing goes. When you start changing that, you're changing everything. The balance of the car, the way that you're... Keep in mind, all of your setups are gone. They're out the window. It's not the same because the motors are not the same. It's completely different. I use the the example of when the Roush Yates motor program started and Roush had kind of fallen off and all of a sudden they get, you know, we got these new motors and... Oh my God, the car is working way better. Well, it's because they've got more power. They've got more torque, which does what? It increases speed. It increases downforce. You've got more side force, like all these different things, which affects the balance of the car, which affects the handling of the car. It's the same thing on dirt. Now, obviously in a midget, you're not really worried about downforce, but when you start changing the torque curve, the horsepower, right? When that thing peaks or when it hits those numbers, right? And, and where you're at with 
with the speed and the weight and the all these different things that affects the balance of the car, the handling of the car. Now that setup that you ran at, you know, pick your track at Kokomo for the last four years, right? As your base is no longer viable. It's completely different. You're, it's something completely different. So really cool to see them, to see team as get the win. Now, Justin Grant, they are not running a Ford. They're still with the Toyota, but this year they have just been off. And it looks like they finally got stuff figured out. Uh, Grant said in victory lane that he basically wanted four, four new shocks built and uh, got him, got him built the way that he wanted. And it looks like it worked because it was, uh, it was, it was their night to shine. Did you get to see the BC 39 Keith? Yes. Hands down the best midget race I've watched all year. Yeah. It was cool to see the whole those week. guys win. Yeah. It, it, I mean, obviously that event is, is incredible the way that they do it. And it's always a really, um, you know, for being such a small track, it's a treacherous track. You know, you got to really pound the cushion or, or your, you know, slide or die or, or, you know, literally like right down there on the bottom. Uh, the RMS cars from the get go proved to be the cars to beat. They were so fast, so good. And yeah, it was definitely one of the best dirt races all year. It was awesome to see them get the win. And I'm hoping they're going to be able to really carry this momentum through the rest of the year and into next year. I completely agree. And like watching the race, I, I really thought at one point in time in that race that those two are going to take each other out of the main event. They it sure looked like it. <laughs> so freaking hard. But yep. that, that BC 39 is such a special race to be in to mm -hmm. even win. Um, to say that you've won at IMS and then have your banner hung up with the rest of the winners is pretty badass. Yeah, it is. And to hear the story, you know, Justin Grant talking about, um, you know, running with Brian Clausen quarter midgets as a kid, the first time he ever spent the night at someone's house, it was at Brian's house, you know, and then for him to win that race, uh, it was pretty cool, man. So it was cool to see. I was glad that, uh, Grant got the win. I was wanting Team Ez to get the win, but I was glad to see Grant get the win. Um, those two guys are my favorite drivers on the on the midgets. Um, those two and Logan Seavey. Um, Seavey just because he's a, he's a local boy. So, so yeah, it was cool to see, and I'm I'm hoping they can uh, finish out the year strong. I also thought that it was. It, I also thought that Meserol not having to be his own crew chief made a difference i think that i do think that matters i really I, do i agree and he brought back a familiar face donnie yes. gentry who's worked mm -hmm. on his cars before and i think that that helped a ton because it took thomas away from focusing on everything on top of racing driving the car working on the car and giving his input yes donnie gentry knows thomas meserol better than thomas meserol Yes, um, that's Donnie important. Is, it is very important. Guys don't think it is, and then and, and they proved it at the BC thirty nine that it is very important to have somebody in your corner that knows mm -hmm. what you want and what you need without even really talking. Well, not uh, only that, but your mindset is completely different as yep. a as a driver and as a crew chief slash driver. See, when you're in the car driving, right? If the car's not handling correctly, and let's say it's 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 uh you know the heat race, whatever, right? 
and the car's not handling correctly, and then the race is over, and now you go back. You're while you're driving, you're not just thinking about driving. You're thinking about the car's not handling good. We got to fix that, right? And all this stuff like this. And you're you get back, and now you're not even thinking about the next race and what you need to do and anything like that. You're thinking about, we got to get this car, right? We got to do this. And you're at another level and you're, you know, you start the, it's really easy, especially when you're not winning to start second guessing the stuff that you've always done or the moves that you make, right? You make an adjustment when you're now, now you're out there on the track and the car doesn't feel right. And now it's damn it. I should have done something else, right? It's, it's so much on your plate, when you can get off the track and you can go to your crew chief, right? Or whoever is tuning your car and you can say, hey man, this is what's going on, right? That driver crew chief relationship is huge. And when you can get out of the car, right? Like when I'd be doing it, right? And I had someone like, you know, Blake running and he gets out of the car and he comes over and he's like, hey man, coming into one dude, the thing's rolling over too hard on the right rear. It feels like it's, you know, just rolling over. It has no bite. And then when I'm hitting the gas coming off the or coming off the corner, <clears throat> even though it's rolled over on that right rear, it's got no drive off the corner. All right, man, no problem. I'll get that fixed for you. And that's it. That's all he's got to tell me. He doesn't need to tell me, hey, man, I think we need to change the bar or change the spring and, and do this or do that. He just needs to tell me what the car's doing. Let me take care of the rest. All he's got to worry about now is that that's going to be fixed the next time I go out there. And that is a completely different mindset than being like, all right, race is done. This is what it was doing. Now I got to figure out how I'm going to fix this thing and then get out, the, out there and race. And I think that had a lot to do with it as well. And you're right. Having a familiar face, somebody who knows you better than you know yourself, because as a driver, right. And as a crew chief, cause I've seen, I've seen both sides of this. You drivers can know what they're doing when it comes to setups and adjustments. But if you've got a crew chief, who's worth their salt, the last thing you need to be is the driver telling the crew chief what changes to make. Don't do that. Shut up. Tell them what the car's doing. Let them figure it. Let them, let them do it. Don't start second guessing. Don't come in. I don't need a 10 page thesis on why you think the, the roll center of the car is off. Don't like, shut your mouth, right? Like we don't need that. And it's really easy to fall into that when you are doing both, when you're wearing both hats and this last weekend, I think it showed that they've got the, they finally got the Ford figured out and having somebody being responsible for the car, I think is huge for Timez. So yeah, I hope, I hope he continues going that route. Yeah. And I, I completely agree And it. And like people don't realize when you're thrown into, I'm going to say it, a, a test engine, Prototype. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, they're developing that motor. Yeah, um, it changes every aspect of what you're trying to do, and and it's crazy to think of how much an engine can change the dynamic of a race car. Oh yeah, and how you set it up is it's mind blowing to sit and think about, and and then not everyday fans would realize, dude, why is he struggling so bad? Well, the set the the setup is completely different. Yep. You don't you don't run the same bars, you don't run the same shocks, springs, or whatever, insert anything. And it it's just a complete 360 of what you would do before. Yep. Yep. No, you're right, man. You're right. And, and it's honestly, really easy I don't think... to start second guessing all that stuff. Oh, hundred percent. And honestly, I don't think you couldn't pick a better person to test this engine or to, to help develop it than the RMS guys with TMS because he's gonna get the absolute most out of that engine yes oh absolutely 
And I do think it is important that it is somebody who knows as much as they do about the car. You know, like Mesrol even says, he's like, when I'm done driving, I'll be making a living setting up somebody's car because he does know his shit. The guy is very, very intelligent with it, right? He knows how to set those things up. He knows what he's doing. It's just hard to balance both and be competitive. And I think you're seeing that. Um, And when you are trying to balance both and you've got a new engine that you are developing, right? It helps to have somebody know who knows that stuff, but it can also be at a detriment because when things aren't working, now you're questioning everything. Everything, yes. A hundred percent. That's and, when it's tough. And not only does the setup change, but the, the, the gearing, the gearing is totally different now. You can't run the same gears that you ran say at Eldora last year with the Toyota engine compared mm-hmm. to this year with the prototype. Um, yep. It just uh, it throws a huge curveball, and I couldn't think of a better person to throw the huge curveball at than Timas because, they're the, like I said, they're going to get the absolute most out of everything. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, good to see those guys back in victory lane, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully this is the start. Yes. Uh, hopefully you know, this is the domino with, to fall. Yep. With the uh, the midgets getting ready to head out west here to Team Ez's old stomping ground, they got Bakersfield. I mean, they they got time. It's not until November. They're basically done until November. But you've got Bakersfield, Placerville, Merced, and Ventura. Um, you know, uh, hopefully Team Ez can pop off a couple more wins. So I hope, and I hope Justin Grant can too, just to too. make that points battle just a little more exciting than what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right now it. I mean, Logan Seavey's just completely whipping their ass. So. Yeah, he is. It's not even close. Um, but it does say something about Justin Grant, the fact that he had literally not had a win all season until the BC39, and he's second in points. I mean, that's pretty freaking incredible. So, yeah. Consistency matters. It does. Absolutely, it does. Um, which you are seeing with Justin Grant in the sprint cars as he is – slowly pulling away from Brady Bacon, who had who had some tough luck um at Eldora. In fact, I think they are at is they're at Lawrenceburg tomorrow. T- tomorrow night, yeah. Before they close out the season at Red Dirt Raceway at the end of the month. So yeah, should be should be fun to watch. So, and that sprint car that sprint car points battle's been exciting because it's like if if Brady Bacon has an off night, Justin Grant pounces. Yes. Justin Grant has an off night. Brady Bacon pounces. Mm-hmm. It's been blow for blow, and it's been very exciting to watch. Yep. I didn't mean to cut you off either. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I was just going to say that the Sprint Car and the Silver Crown Championships are, have both been close all year. So it's been uh, it's been fun to watch. And Silver Crown, they've got, I think it's only one more race left, right? Yeah. Indianapolis Raceway Park. Yep. So, so yeah. But that's going to do it for our Dirt Track recap. And to wrap up today's show, we've got an ask three wide question from listener Tim. So Tim says, Tommy, Keith, since you have both been to Eldora and watched big events there, which I went to the Four Crown, Keith, you've gone to Four Crown. And did you have you been to what well, didn't you go to I've something been... else there? I've been to the Four Crown there. I've been to Let's Race 2. Let's Race 2. That that was the other one I thought. 
my new bucket list. I want to go watch a late model race there just yeah. to just to get it all knocked out. Yeah. So he says, since you have both been to Eldora and big events there, what would be the next event that you would want to see on your bucket list? Thanks, Tim. All right. So Keith, you just said you want to see a late model race, but if if in terms of events, just what's the what is the next? If you could go to any. We'll keep it on the dirt side. If you can go to any dirt event, what would it be? What would, what would that next one be? Um, if we're talking at any racetrack, my next dirt event that I would like to go see, um, the World Finals comes to mind. Um, I'd like to go watch at the dirt track at Charlotte. Um, but honestly, I would like to go to Pennsylvania when either USAC is out there for their, their swing and or maybe a couple wing races at Bridgeport and insert any PA track. I just I want to go witness a uh, a race out in Pennsylvania. But if I had to pick one out of all of them, I want to go to the Dirt World Finals at, there at um, Charlotte. Yeah, I've been to the World Finals. It is incredible. Um, what makes the World Finals so cool is you've got this incredible racetrack, which Charlotte is an incredible, the dirt track of Charlotte is incredible. And you've got three premier dirt series there. You've got the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars, the World of Outlaws Late Models, and you've got the Super Dirt Car Series with the big block modifieds. And it's incredible to watch those three different series all on the same weekend at that track. It was really cool. Just like when I went to Eldora for the four crown nationals, me, me and Bruce were talking when we were coming back from the airport and he was like, you know, if you're an open wheel dirt fan, he goes to me, this is the best event that you can go to. He goes, because you've got the silver crown, the midgets, the sprint cars, and you've got the wing sprint cars with the out, the outlaws one night and the all-stars the other night. And when you look at it that way, you're like, this is actually the, probably the best open wheel dirt event of the year when you look at it from that point of view right like if you like open wheel dirt racing this is where you want to go the four crown nationals is where you want to go so for me i've been to the i've been to the four crown i've been to the world finals and they were incredible if i could go to a you know the next event that i would like to go to i would love to go to the world 100 at eldora yep that would be awesome. After going to Eldora, I I get it. It's it is the best dirt track in the world. There's no comparison. Sorry to everybody else. It's Eldora. It's a one seat, and I don't know who else fills out the bracket. That's how much that's how amazing it is. Um, so it's, I would love to see the world the world one hundred there. It would be really cool. And 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 that's another one that I would like to go to. Yes. Is either the World One Hundred, the Dream the dirt world classic insert yeah. any big late model race at Eldora. I yeah. want to be there. And I completely agree with what you're saying with Eldora. I mean, that goes to the one seed and it's a fist fight for whoever fills out the rest because yeah. <laughs> it, it's almost like Eldora said, Oh, you guys do this, this, and this, and this at your racetrack. Well, we're going to one up it by a hundred yep. and we're going to do this, 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 and this. I mean, from top to bottom, it's a, and it's an amazing yep. facility. You feel comfortable there. The vibes at the racetrack are none other than, are better than anything else. Yep. Um, yeah. The prices of the food, 
everything. Pop, the whole beer, the whole everything. weekend yes. is just incredible. Yes. The whole weekend, anytime you're going and, to Eldora. And I know you didn't camp there, and the camping experience at Eldora is hands down the best. Yeah, uh, they offer breakfast in the morning. They have nice shower houses, and I'm very, very, very picky of where I wash myself at. Everybody makes fun of me because I just, I'm weird like that. Uh, I, I can't take a, a shower in a nasty shower area. And Eldora has really nice facilities from top to bottom, whether you're camping or you're just coming in to watch a, a weekend show. Yep. So, yeah, I would like to see the, like a, a late model racer, whether it's the Dream or the World War 100 at Eldora, that would be awesome. Uh, but you know what? I, I've kind of got a, like a, a you know kind of like four or five events you know that are on that next thing that i want to do and if i do any of them i would be happy right so like the world 100 at eldora um i would love to go to kokomo smackdown that i yep. i love the usac sprints i've always wanted to go to kokomo i would love to go to smackdown I would love to go to the BC 39. I was talking to Bruce about it when we were at Eldora. I was like, you know, I would love to go to the BC 39. I think that would be awesome because I love midget racing. And I think that event, um, I think the BC 39 is turning into like the, you know, the, the, the regular season version of the chili bowl, right? Every year the car count gets bigger, right? It's just, it's just an incredible event and it's one of midget racing's like crown jewels now it really is so absolutely yeah and then i would love i would love to go to either the summer nationals or the national open at williams grove when the you know with the outlaws i would love to go to pennsylvania just for all the crap i talk about the posse right it's it's I've said it before. It's not the posse. It's certain posse fans. Uh, uh, I would love to go back there just to experience it because obviously, you know, when you talk about sprint car racing, wing sprint car racing, Pennsylvania obviously is what they do, what they have with their their local track scene, their the drivers that are in those areas. How obviously, you know, there's there's. Pennsylvania Sprint Week. I mean, there's all types of stuff that they have going on there. And really, as cool as Port Royal is and, you know, all the other tracks that they've got in Pennsylvania, we, we can go on forever about them. To me, the Grove is is kind of the the one in Pennsylvania, right? Like that's when I think of when I think of PA, I think of Williams Grove. And I would like to go see the the national open or summer nationals. I think that would be really, really cool to go back and experience. I agree. Either Williams Grove or, or Lernerville for me. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Lernerville. I really wish they still ran the, uh, what silver cup or whatever it was. Now they just ran the high limit did the, what they call it? The Commonwealth clash, which was obviously a really cool race. Um, you know, 50,000 to win. So I would, I wouldn't mind going to see something like that. It always, I think it sucks that the outlaws don't go there anymore. It's so stupid, but, um, yeah, I, Lernerville is another one. Yeah. I would like to go see. There's so many, man. There's so many, I really wish, uh, my wife liked dirt racing more. 
because we would be <laughs> we'd be taking a whole lot more trips to tracks. But but anyways, she didn't know, you know, she didn't know this about me when we first met. Um, she didn't know this about me the first few years we were married. Um, it's only, you know, it 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 was only in 2019, end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 that she realized that she knew I loved racing so much and did used to do dirt racing and stuff like that. She had never knew that about me. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a eye opening for us. She's like, I didn't even know you liked this. I'm like, I love this. Love it. She's like, how can you never told me about this? I'm like, well, because you don't like it. <laughs> Why would I tell you about it? Why would we talk about it? If I'm like, hey man, do you see who won the national open last night? You're gonna be like, what the hell are you talking about? So why, what is why that? would I bring it up? Yeah, why would I bring it up? <laughs> so uh, what kind of purse is that? Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. So but anyways, thank you very much for the question, Tim. If you want to email the show and ask us a question or hell, I don't know, do whatever, say something, comment, I ask us a question about racing life, anything. I don't know. Uh, you can send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. So that's going to do it all for this week's show. Thank you very much as always for joining us. Please, you know what to do. Download, share, subscribe, like, follow all that stuff that every other podcaster on earth asks you to do. Um, I, it's so funny, man. I listen to, I, cause I listen to a lot of podcasts and I always hear these ads for new podcasts that come out and people still talk, um, the way that they talk about it in the ads. It's so funny. They're like, you can get this podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And it's like, dude, we're listening to a podcast. If people don't know how to find your podcast, man, it, that's on them. Like, Come on, dude. Seriously. We're, it's 2023. Everyone knows how to find a podcast. <laughs> we got you. You don't need to tell us the, the, the 12 platforms that it's on. So, yeah, if you're listening to us, you already know how to do all that stuff. So if you want to do it, please do it. Continue to support the show. Me and Keith appreciate it. And, yeah, we will be back next week. So, Keith, my man, enjoy the weekend. Will do. You do the same. I will. I'm working all weekend, as always. But it should be fun. So, Yep, we'll be back next week to do this all over again. So please have a fun, safe weekend. And until next week, take care.